What's the point of the point? And why does it matter? It's the difference between wisdom and glorified banter. The answer has answers all interconnected. Cause no part of true truth should feel they're rejected. You can argue and fight for each nugget of knowledge and defend each new truth as you would in college. But the real true answer is just how they're adjoined. Cause what we're all really seeking is the point of the point. Look out the window. Go ahead, look. Do things seem the same as they always have? Do things seem different? Really different. Like there's a real change in the air. Like so many things we've always taken for granted. They're on their head. That's how it seems to me. It seems like there is this huge, deep, all-pervasive current of change. It's all around us. It is bigger than any one generation, one person, any one group. Frankly, any one country. Hi, this is Dr. Golden, and welcome to the season opener for our second season of The Point to the Point. Last season was entitled, Your Basic Toolbox. It was mostly focused on us personally. This season, we will focus more on us dealing with the world. Us and them. And so season two is entitled, Interacting with the World. In this first episode in this new season, we will begin with Societal Upheaval and realignment. So why discuss this now? What's the rush? Glad you asked. The rush is that change is happening very quickly before our very eyes and has over the past few years and will peak over the next couple of years. I don't want you to be freaked out. Or have you put your head in the sand and ignore the obvious? Rather, I want you to make the very best out of these changes. We are hardwired to be very knee-jerk when it comes to change. We are hardwired for stability, not change. But change can also provide great opportunities for those who can flow with the moments of change. Look at these fissures in society and at times in yourself or your family as providing you with the opportunity to dig a little deeper inside and to reframe your life and our society in a manner that will make everything happier, more worthwhile, and more productive. Problems are opportunities for you to dig a little deeper and make things right that haven't been right in a long time. If you are willing to recognize that and are willing to make the effort. The reason why we are facing serious challenges and changes in society is because of the need to resolve unresolved issues of the past in terms of consciousness and awareness. 
Now, the United States of America, at its best, was formed out of the best intentions of its founders, representing who we think of as our founding principles and who provided a foundation for our American dream. True. But also, it was founded out of other principles, by other founders with a very different consciousness who created their own American dream, a competing dream, a Confederate dream. And nominally, still other American dreams, visions, like the Native American dream. This dynamic tension of dreams began even before our independence. But to make this simple, we will focus on the American dream inspired by the French philosophers and the Oneida Indians, whom Benjamin Franklin spoke to, the dream that Napoleon represented until he didn't, liberty, the brotherhood of man, democracy, the common good. You know, that stuff. And so many people came to America because we were the only game in town trying this stuff out en masse. That's why, irrespective of what their leaders say, the people, the common man all over the world root for America. Even when Americans seem not to always do so. Most people love America because that dream resonates in themselves and many from their own lineage have become Americans. But the other major American dream, which I will call the Confederate dream, has been competing with the true American dream from before the Revolutionary War. This Confederate dream takes the freedom part of the American dream and specifically applies it to the economics of the wealthy, landed class of Caucasians, in the French phrase, laissez-faire. Our Revolutionary War was a war against the tyranny of the British West Indies Company, owned by the king regarding the oppression of taxation without representation. The Confederate dream has no inherent problem with that exploitive ethic, except that American landowners wanted to keep their wealth at home. They wanted to profit more from their exploitations. So for them, the revolution was a war for holding on to wealth. Of course, this was only of interest to the wealthy landowners. So the Confederates wanted freedom too. The freedom to do any kind of business without worrying about government regulations set up for the common good. Freedom, baby. But only if you are in the privileged class residing in the colony. If you are not, then you are not a person as such. You are not a sovereign, not an individual with civil rights. 
you, my friend, are a commodity, a resource to be used at will by those of the superior class who have their God-given right and duty to use you and use you well. In sum, the true American dreamers came here for religious freedom, tolerance, and democracy, and the fact that that atmosphere induces freedom of thought, which creates creativity, innovation, and productivity, which provides abundance. And the Confederate dreamers came here for the freedom to amass as much money and power as one felt like using the human and material resources available. And with not just no interference, but by creating local fiefdoms or states, active cooperation, a government of, for, and by the white, wealthy landowners. One quick note. What if you are white, but you are not landed, no property? What would a confederate call you? Well, you are white trash. There is an amazing reference book by that name in your library. Even though I won't share my money with you, at least you are not a N. So I will beat you at every turn, but encourage you to take it out on them. So you can, at least in your dreams, pretend that you are us. The more we fool you and steal your resources, the more hatred you develop for yourselves, you will then take out on them black folk, which puts you even more emotionally on our side, because in order to handle your increased self-loathing, your damaged ego merges with your captors the Confederate wealthy. You might look up the Stockholm Syndrome. Think the Southern strategy of the Republicans. Read Trump. Read Marjorie Taylor Greene. That, my friends, is Confederate bigotry. The Confederate landed and allied billionaires could not survive politically without using this trick on the white trash. They are a resource just like their black neighbors are. So, this dynamic war of dreams reached a peak in the Civil War, but was not seriously resolved, largely because the South with the assassination of Lincoln, largely undermined any true reconciliation between the North and the South after the war. The North did not show proper restraint and respect to the South, and the South dug their heels in in more passive-aggressive ways. Further, this money freedom 
versus social democratic freedom has continued up to this day. Today's Confederates are those forces who believe in the weakening and eventual overthrow of the centralized, federalized Yankee government. These forces are more than happy to make alliances with foreign regimes which have an interest in undermining the Yankee government, such as with England during the Civil War and most recently with Russia, as in, quote, Russia, if you are listening. And a short list of movements who, in my mind, have this unifying goal are nearly all gun rights associations, as in protect yourself from the Yankee government, Wall Street pros and big business who believe in the Confederate dream generally over any American dream instincts, libertarians, freedom, 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 read freedom from the Yankee government, broadly speaking, white trash because they are so emotionally invested, the extreme right wing and associated religious organizations, and clearly the right wing militias. They are armed to finish the Civil War and destroy the Yankee government. Some immigrants, especially from war zones, who came to America principally for economic opportunity, and I say welcome and thank you. New and transformed players moving into this alliance include anti-vaxxers, a host of minor militants, listeners who listen only to Fox News and other similar web and traditional outlets, and or listen only to friends who only listen to those outlets, and starring the brand new repurposed, rebranded Republican Party. Those who primarily believe in the true American dream are basically everyone else, more or less. A majority of us. But this majority is threatened from all sides. Okay, so here we are. Now what? It's simple. I will briefly list the problems we must address in the order that they must be addressed. But Dr. Golden, can't these problems simply be solved? Oh, yes, very much so. But the foundational main step to solving a problem is to actually see what the problem is and to agree that it is in fact a real problem. A good diagnosis from your doctor is more significant than the actual surgery. Here's the catch. 19 out of 20 Americans have to actually look at each other and say, dang, we got a problem. Bingo. Now we can address it and get real results. Might take a little while, but we'll get there. So, 
Most of these problems were created by this conflicted national history, which is why I gave you a brief briefing on that. Presenting problem number one. Drum roll. Black Lives Matter. Yes. The most pressing problem, because no other problem can really be solved without dealing with it. And dang, we did it. No, we didn't solve the problem. But after all of those protests and all of that footage, 19 out of 20 Americans said, said what? Dang, we got a problem. When I visited an elite, wealthy, right-wing area and saw placards saying, we get it, I knew that a fundamental change had occurred. So now we ain't bigots, right? No. But we viscerally can feel and know it is a real problem that must be addressed. And I am sure that in this coming decade, it will be resolved. This crisis has distracted us and eaten up our strategic and competitive advantage in the world by making America more and more an inefficient society as democracy has earlier made it the efficient paragon of the world for a while. So this will all be corrected. And now, drumroll, the next problem on the horizon. Hold it. It's rising just above the horizon now. Wait. It's a whole constellation of problems all rolled in the one. There is the red star of war, coupled with the green star of corruption and greed. And the red of war and the green of corruption makes a yellow glow of autocracy. Dictatorships run by extraordinarily wealthy people. We'll call it an oligarchy. Dang. Let's just call it fascism. Yeah, friends, war. Killing people to make a point. An oligarchy consisting of Putin and his oligarchs waging a brutal, conventional war against the neighboring democracy, the Ukraine. That's what the history books are full of. But there is a problem here. Everyone's got a cell phone this time. And they are recording this war play by play, person to person. And Russians have family in the Ukraine and vice versa. And the youth of Russia have played video games with other people from every part of this world. They know about the Internet. They have learned about other cultures and languages. 
And that is why this will be the second-to-last or very last standard traditional war. Because in this new world, you gotta win hearts and minds. So even the older Russians who are brainwashed about what reality is from one voice, the state media, for a lifetime, will begin to question. And when enough of them do, a new government will form. This is the beginning of the end for conventional war. Thank the cell phone. Thank our connected world. And the beginning of the end of conventional war means the beginning of the end for autocracies all over the world because these dictatorships depend on a mutual relationship between wild corruption and war. War is needed to increase resources and to further stratify the classes and to sustain the national narrative at home of poor us against big bad them. But break a hole in that narrative through cell phones and information at the tip of everyone's fingers. And the whole war dictator thing breaks down. Through this information enlightenment, the great evil of class inequality is getting ready to break down. And there are more reasons that class inequality will break down. So let's focus on class inequality. Class inequality. Rich getting richer quicker and quicker and everyone else getting left further behind. The wealthy landed folk versus the young who are watching the American dream vanish right in front of their eyes, educated, creative, can't even afford rent, much less buy a home, can't afford to get married, have kids. These long-time two demographic glaciers are colliding, and our young, struggling Americans are now on the front lines of this age-old war. The confederate, laissez-faire, super-wealthy are nervously feeling a new, strange, unified, underlying rage. Facebook, Starbucks, Amazon, Google either are or soon will feel the push from unions, walk-offs. COVID made people realize when they were hanging out in their parents' home or on the street, that a paycheck must be a living wage and that money itself isn't enough. They will not return to their old employers if they are not respected, treated like slaves, like cogs in their artificial intelligence machines. Ultimately, this country will stop functioning, as in a national walk-off, slowdown, whatever. And this is coming. Bezos can only be in the stratosphere just so long. 
You know what they say about what comes up. Well, his ex and the unions will have the last say. The corporate power of influence and right-wing vote-rigging are last-ditch responses to the overwhelming demographic urge for the fair and dignified treatment of workers, working human beings. The rent prices, home prices, are on a bubble. When enough people say enough is enough, there will be a few crisis weeks, but in the end, the bubble will burst and 19 out of 20 Americans will say that, dang, we got a problem here. Yet, this inequality could not be addressed without first addressing bigotry and racism first. So, we will be enlightened by our own children, as it should be. Then the government will truly be better able to work for the people, you know, like you and I. A new kind of economy will ensue. Look at New Zealand. Other countries generally led by progressive women. A golden age. The American dream prevails. The American dream becoming realized. It is ready to be born. So, Dr. Golden, what's the next crisis we can look forward to? These next few, I'm not positive about the order. But I think the next one is, are you ready? Guns. What? That's so American. No, that's so Confederate. Incidentally, the Second Amendment has for a long time been purposely misread by those with a Confederate mentality. You mean no more massacres with military weapons? No more intimidations of Democrat commies with a show of some real cool weapons. No more seditious traitorous attacks in the halls of your Yankee government. Man, you're taking away all my fun. Well, don't worry. This won't happen until the class thing happens. However... At that time, 19 out of 20 Americans will say, dang, we got a problem here. And then the government will be free to actually address the problem. Next up, abortion. What? Yeah. But Dr. Golden, it says somewhere that abortions are a sin if you are poor. Are we simply going to give up and be a sinner nation? No worries, because by then, after wealth inequality is managed, rules against abortion will be totally unnecessary since there won't be poverty anymore. And besides, medical care will be a right for everyone. 
The whole narrative of having pregnant barefoot slaves to maintain extreme poverty by having more mouths than one can feed or by forcing adoption with possible abuse implications will be non-existent. And using this issue to stimulate fear among voters will prove to be unsuccessful since the population at large will be more united and evolved than they are presently. The next crisis? The crisis of the belief in science. The fight for an agreed-upon set of truths and facts. Propaganda, intrigue, and marketing versus objectivity, science, and the love for truth. This crisis will be resolved so that we, human beings, have the inalienable right to know facts and truths to the degree that our civilization has made it possible for us to know. Our freedom and dignity shall not be challenged by those who spread information viruses into our heads, which then work to destroy our ability to think for ourselves. Hopefully, this will come soon enough so that the adversaries of us human beings are other misguided human beings and not artificial intelligence itself, which would be a much more desperate an unmanageable crisis. AI can be great when used maturely, but we need to understand that we as a species are playing with fire. Be careful, or at least put brakes on it. Well, Dr. Golden, any more crises that we can look forward to? There are a few. But I will focus in on the 800-pound gorilla of crises, one that we can't fully and uniformly deal with until these other crises have happened. But it's the big kahuna. It has cost this country alone $750 billion in the past five years. So where is it? Just turn on the TV and get to the weather report, weather news, from around the world. It is not climate change, global warming. You're getting warmer. Impending climate catastrophe. Yeah, that's the one. Is there any hope at all? Is America doomed? Is the planet doomed? Am I doomed? Are we all a pathetic basket case? Wait. Actually, there is hope. The best case scenario is out of the window, unfortunately. But a fairly acceptable case is quite attainable. All you need, all I need, all your neighbor needs, all your community needs, all your state and country and human race needs is simply awareness. As much and as soon as possible, awareness. 
consciousness is the delicious fruit we eat after we become aware of all of the preceding crises. Consciousness, creativity, the brotherhood of all of mankind. Threatening words, right? They are to people who profit by you not having those things. They call those words socialist or communist or naive or any other name their marketing department can come up with by 5 p.m. But I speak the truth and not because it is fun or because I have a grudge or I can't get along with people. I simply can't help myself when I see the situation around me. So, take a breath. Okay. Each of these crises will be here over the next several years. We were born into this challenging age, I believe, by our own choosing. We all have something to learn, something to choose, some life lesson to resolve, something to contribute to the consciousness around us that will make it easier to gracefully transition through these turbulent and in many ways unprecedented times. This is our final exam. This is the final exam of the great United States of America, where we are presented with questions from our founding to the present and are now asked to finally resolve these riddles of our great country. This is the final exam for our species. We can do it. We can pass with flying colors. See the future with me. Envision it. See the greedy and ugly become the beautiful and the gracious. See the demeaned, the defaced, the forgotten become the celebrated, the proud, the understood. See the neighbors, different in color, in background, in the news they receive, speaking to each other like they've been great friends all along, unafraid, relaxed, comfortable in each other's company, appreciating and learning from each other's experiences. See the houses of worship, the writers and composers basking in their content, their primal messages, rather than hiding it in a myriad of external forms and looks and presentations and making the sale 
this is a future for all of us. To be comfortable in our own skin and to have the presence not to allow anyone to impose artificial boundaries, constraints, gaslighting memes, or pseudo-histories upon our inalienable right to be the people we actually are and are able to work so effortlessly and seamlessly with everyone else who are being the people who they truly are. It is a truly unbelievable and heavenly future to look forward to. So, on that note, please, everyone, look forward. Feel forward. Be forward until forward is all around us. Until forward simply is. Until forward is. Well, that's a wrap. Obligatory note. Every word and every note of this episode is original content created for entertainment purposes only. Got it? Thanks for listening. Tune in to our next episode of Point to the Point. This is Dr. Golden signing off. Cause the real true answer is just how they're adjoined. Cause what we're all really seeking the point of the point.